Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all whom I send you, you shall go, and to whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. Revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He, he made it known, his angel, to his servant John, who bore witness of the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear, who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Greeting to the seven churches. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him, who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from his sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, persist to his priest to his father, to his godfather, to be to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, so every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all tribes on earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. The word of the Lord. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, Jesus put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. 
But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful on this day to gather. How good it is to be together and to proclaim that you are our King. So teach us, Lord, we ask. And we pray this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, this morning, um, as I am preaching, I'm going to share a little bit and pass it off to uh, Pastor Andrea. But just know, children, I'm talking to you today. Adults, you're allowed uh, to listen in. Uh, but kids, I want uh, this message, again, particularly for you to hear it. Um, and uh, I put it together thinking of you. Um, so uh, when I was in uh, Kenya a few years ago uh, with my family, a wonderful na- man named Joshua, a wonderful uh, pastor, uh, became a very good friend over this trip, uh, drove us around for the entire two weeks. He was our interpreter. He was our guide. He did many things for us. And in Kenya, there are a lot of um, buses and trucks um, that have, uh, they're often painted. They often have words written on the back saying, sometimes they have uh, pictures of family members on them. And so they're very dramatic um, and striking. And one time we were driving uh, down the road and a truck uh, passed us and written on the back of this truck, it said, Mama, you are great. Um, and our driver, uh, our friend Joshua, our guy Joshua, he saw that and he always called my wife Molly, Mama. Um, Mama Molly. And so we saw that. He said, Mama Molly, that is for you. You are great. And then he began to sing, Mama, you are great. Mama, you are great. And then, that's my Kenyan accent. I'm sorry. I apologize for it. Um, uh, And then he made my children, who actually are not super into singing, he made all them sing uh, to, to Mama Molly. They didn't want to, but he insisted, you must sing to your mother. And so they began to sing, Mama, you are great. And then throughout the rest of our trip, occasionally when things got a little slow, when we were waiting around, he would say, let us sing to your mother. And then we would all sing, Mama, you are great, to Molly. Um, At the end of our trip, you'll be glad to know as Joshua was saying goodbye to us, we sang to him, Joshua, you are great. Um, And he uh, was great and is great. Um, uh, So I share that today, kids, because I want you to know today that you are great. I say that as your pastor, and I do believe that. But I want you to hear that Jesus says to you, you are great. And I hope you hear that and you say, well, I know that. You know, I've learned that in children's ministry. I've learned that from my parents. I know that Jesus loves me. But I want you to hear very specifically, Jesus teaches us that you are great. And so I want you to consider here for a few minutes, how are you great according to Jesus, right? What does Jesus say about your greatness? Where's my bulletin? I don't have one. Oh, here it is. Oh, good. Oh, Okay. So, the disciples ask Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? We've been doing a series, kids, um, in the sanctuary here on Sunday mornings where we've been talking about what does it mean to belong to the kingdom of heaven. So we've been asking that question. Um, And so when we hear the question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, we should all say, we want to know the answer to this. That is a really important question. Now I should know Matthew is actually being kind to the disciples, and he's just telling us that they asked this question of Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What Mark and Luke tell us is that the disciples had actually been arguing with one another among themselves of who is the greatest among them. Um, And so they had actually been arguing, are you greater? I'm greater. I think I'm greater than you. Um, And Jesus had told them, that's not good. And then out of that came them saying to them, well, Jesus, you tell us then who is the greatest um, in the kingdom of heaven. And what does Jesus do? He calls to him a child, and he puts the child in the midst of them. 
I think that's really important that Jesus did that. And there's things to learn from that. He didn't just say, imagine a child. He could have, think about a child, you know, guys, and let's, you know, sort of picture that child in our mind. He grabbed a child, right, and said, come on over, stand in the midst of us. So what does that tell us? One thing it tells us is that there were children around Jesus, right? He didn't have to say, has anyone seen a child anywhere? Hey, someone go find a child and we'll wait while you like, go seek out a child. No, there was a child nearby, right? That tells us when we think about Jesus' ministry, when we think about him teaching, when we think about him healing people and praying for people, there were kids around. And the church is called to continue the ministry of Jesus. We're called to be the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are continuing his work in the world today. He's working through us. Jesus is with us. And if children are not in our midst, then we don't really look like the ministry of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying there's some kids, that, some churches have lots of kids, some that they don't have many. But children are key to us continuing the work of Christ. Right? There were kids around. And so we see that right there, right? He takes a child, and I believe that very act of taking a child and having him stand there is really important. Now, what do you guys think, kids? Do you think that was awkward for that child at that moment to stand there and have everyone staring at him? What do you think? Yes? No? Should we find out? All right? Who's a volunteer? Child? Give me someone volunteer. Claudia, I see you back there. Come on up. She didn't volunteer, but I know Claudia. Come on up. You're hardly a child anymore, Claudia, but come forward. Come on up here. All right. Everyone stare at Claudia. All right, stare at you. Go ahead, look out. Look at those eyes. I see them every week bearing down on you. It's intimidating. What do you think? Is it awkward? How's it feel? A little bit. Okay, all right, thanks. You can go sit down. All right, so we've experienced it, or Claudia's experienced it. So maybe it was a little awkward, but I don't think Jesus was wanting that child to feel awkward. I think he was wanting those disciples to see children belong right here. They belong in the midst of us. Right? I'm not just telling you that. I want you to see it. That when you're gathered together, there should be children there. And they are there to teach you. They belong. So kids, I hope you know this. But it's so important that you know you belong here. Not just on this Sunday, right, when you're gathered up here. We love that. We love to see you. But every Sunday, this is your house. Right? Mainly it's God's house. Right? But you belong to God and you belong in this house. You belong in this place. And Jesus made that very clear. Right? If you ever get the message from us that you don't belong, we're not honoring what Jesus showed us at this moment. So he took a child. He had that child stand there. And what does he say? He says, you can learn from this child. You're arguing about who's the greatest. You want to know who the greatest is? Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That was the answer. What does greatness look like? It looks like humbling yourself like this child. Now we could ask the question, what does that mean? What does it mean to humble ourselves like a child? When we think about humility, right, the way I like to uh, define humility, I think this is biblical, is humility is just to see ourselves as God sees us. To be humble is to say, I'm going to see myself rightly. However the Lord sees me, that's how I want to live. All right, and so sometimes people think humility means like not really liking yourself, but Jesus likes us, right? He, he loves us, and we should see that. But we should also see, yes, we need a Savior, right? To be humble is to acknowledge I need someone bigger than me. I need someone stronger than me. I need someone that can forgive me of my sins because I can't do it myself. I need a Savior. I need someone to give me the gift of eternal life. And so to humble ourselves is to see that rightly. And so we ask the question, what does it mean to humble ourselves like a child well, children, there are lots of ways we can answer that. And you can probably think of some things. I know humility. Right? Maybe you're thinking, I know ways that I have to be humble. Let me just focus on one. And there are, again, many things that we could contemplate. But one is, kids, I think you know this, but you're very dependent, right? You're dependent on others. Depending on your age, maybe you're more dependent or less dependent. 
But the fact is, kids, I don't think any of you can drive yet. Our youth can drive, but the children's ministry, you can't drive, right? You probably don't work yet, or at least you don't get paid for your work. You probably work quite a bit. Maybe you get a few um, allowances for errands, right? But you're not paying for probably most of the things in your home. Some of you I know cook, but probably there are other people in your house that cook for you or buy the food for you, right? You're dependent. It's part of life. I mean, we actually call you dependents. I mean, the government calls you dependents. So, and parents like that because we get money for um, uh, having uh, dependents. Um, but that's actually even a title you're given. And, and sometimes I know kids, you can push against that. You can think, I can't wait to be less dependent. And that's good to grow in independence, to grow in maturity. But the fact of the matter is, when we adults look at you, we remember, oh, we're dependent too. Right? Yes, they're dependents, dependencies that kids have. You're dependent. There's certain things you cannot get yourself. You need someone to help you. And you're continually reminding us that no matter how independent we may think we are, we are all dependent. We're dependent on the Lord. And to enter into the kingdom of heaven is to say, I need someone else. And kids, you remind us of that. You teach us that. Now, our prayer is, again, that you would grow in independence in the ways that God is calling you for and in the ways God is maturing you. But my hope on this day is to say you would never forget your dependency on the Lord. And that you would know, actually, that makes you great. When you think to yourself, I want to be great, that you would think first and foremost, I need the Lord. I submit myself to him. He is my king, and I follow him, and that's how I become great. That's how I live a great life is for him. Finally, again, when I say you're great, in case you're wondering, am I exaggerating? What does Jesus say? Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. On Christ the King Sunday, we are saying there is a king over all things. Jesus is king over everything. And the king says, if you receive a child, you receive me. And that's how great you are. But Jesus is saying, if you mistreat this child, it's like mistreating me and you will be judged. But when you receive this child, when you welcome this child, when you love this child, you're welcoming, you're loving, you're serving me. So I hope kids, actually, I hope you feel like, wow. That's some responsibility, right? I, I mean, that's, God's asking a lot of you as a representative, but you're doing it. Like who you are, you're representing him to us, and we are reminded of him, and we are remembering that as we treat you, that's how we can honor Jesus. So I'm going to say a prayer, and then Mr. Sanger is going to share. Lord, I just pray that the children here um, would know their greatness, a greatness that comes from you and from your love for them, from their belonging to you. And Lord, I pray that they would tell others about your greatness and that they would know that's a way to be great, to live for you and to honor you. Lord, may they grow in all the ways you're calling them to grow, but they, they never grow out of dependency. And we pray that for the ch- kids here among us. We pray that for each one of us, that we would always remember to humble ourselves like a child and coming to you, Jesus. Amen. I brought some of my favorite things, and I want to show them to you, even when you're way in the back. So I made them as big as I could. I hope you can see them. So as um, Christian said, as we consider what it is to enter the kingdom as a child, um, I was encouraged by my partner in ministry and my fellow children's leadership team member, Annie Kinnear, to offer to you broadly, I've done this in um, volunteer spaces, but to give what is we called our ministry markers. And um, I guess my question for you as I would begin is, 
maybe one of these could be an increasing way that you would wonder, what could I push into? Is it the humility that Christian um, spoke of, or is there another way that we offer our children to enter the kingdom that you might um, feel as an invitation to you today? So... I'm going to start with one of our most beloved objects at Church of the Cross. Most of you know what, where this cross is. It's in the preschool room on our Noah's Ark rug. And um, for those of you that like counting, because I know some of you like counting, there's seven ministry markers, and there's going to be pictures of four shepherds here. So um, the preschool cross um, holds our first value. Prayer comes first. And um, I will tell you, one of the thinnest places where I sense God's presence and earth meeting in its most thinnest place is in these circles with our preschoolers. They, are, they offer their questions, their requests before their father with such dear and sincere hearts that it truly inspires. And I am absolutely convinced that mountains are moved because God promises to hear and respond to our prayers. And um, we are people, Anglicans, people of a prayer book, and um, we have ways of prayer in our children's ministry and all around us. So I would just invite you to increase that conversation. Um, Kids are famous for asking questions. I have one at my house that we needed to set a timer before bed so that the question asking only went a certain time. Otherwise, bedtime was much too delayed. So come to your father with all your questions. Here is our first shepherd. You can see it down here. It is our godly play, um, Good Shepherd Banner. And um, this is the ministry marker. This is how we say it. Um, We teach our children to give their attention. This is in contrast to um, the world that is getting our attention with flashy ways and um, with advertisement, um, and it takes work. So I love it, this banner in the way Jesus' head is tipped. You can see his inclination is towards, always towards us, but the sheep needs to bend his neck back, learning, and she turns her face towards the good shepherd. And, um, and then they can meet each other's gaze that is waiting for the lamb. And um, it, it is something we practice. So I just wanted to invite you. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you want to focus on something beautiful in the room. And I'm going to give you the introduction. We say this for six weeks straight in godly play. And um, we can learn to still our hearts before the Lord. Welcome to the worship center. In the worship center, we are with God. It is a very special place. And when we are with God, we have all the time we need. We do, we do not need to hurry. We can talk a little more quietly. We can move a little more slowly. Someone near us might be talking with God, and we want them to be able to hear When we are in a place with God, in his word and his people, we need a way to get ready, to get our bodies ready, to get our hearts ready, to be with him. You don't need me to tell you to be quiet. You can get quiet all by yourself. Quietness comes from within.
our third value in Kids of the Cross, we say there is no junior Holy Spirit. So this Pentecost image is a plate that was made by Mary Olson. Um, I'm a longtime member at Church of the Cross and a ceramics artist, and I have the privilege of having it above my desk. So you see those children with their arms outstretched, receiving what God has to offer. I love that Jesus says, I had to leave so that you would have the Holy Spirit and um, the helper that would come to you. And be encouraged, church. There's no diminished portion for our children, and there is no diminished portion for you in your vocation, in your action. When we get together, we can get together with great expectation because the fullness of the Spirit that falls in this image at Pentecost, that leaped John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb, that called Jeremiah in our reading this morning when he was yet young, that is planting churches in our day, is at work in all of you, and it is in work in all of our spaces, in its fullness. Praise God. Here's our second shepherd, for those counting. So um, this is a picture um, drawn by Margaret Jones, who, for those of you who know her, um, is now a senior in college. <laughs> and um, it was left here as a gift from Liz Stewart. It's also up in my office. And um, here's the value if anyone's writing it down. Um, ministry with children is spiritual formation for all. You can underline the word with. We don't say ministry to children, ministry at children, or even ministry for children. But ministry with children is spiritual formation for all. And um, the reason I chose this picture is because of this shepherd's... Look at how big that shepherd is smiling. You don't... I do not grow weary of my job working (laughs) with your children. As I'm pouring out the presence of the Lord, the word of God, the company of the body in those spaces is full and rich. And as a life here as witness, it is the place I have been formed, that I have been called, and that my life has been changed. And so even these sheep are smiling in their beautiful green grass, and the youth and the adults and the leaders are also full in those places. And I pray it continues so, for that is how our ministry can perpetuate and grow. Third shepherd. This is a shepherdess that my mother-in-law gave me this picture. It's up in my office. And um, I use it today to um, exemplify um, a value. We say um, families within the family. So um, we trust that God has chosen parents as the primary spiritual caregivers in their home. But there is something the church offers that the nuclear family can't Give. And so I, I love how the, the mother, you here, is looking up at the child and the shepherdess, the church, the bride of Christ, she is tending that lamb and her eye is also on the mom. So again, everyone is being cared for. The mother is trusting the church with her child, trusting the work of Christ for the child. And um, the church, the body, in this way, I, I truly believe every single one of you is brought to this body at this time by the grace of God to, um, to offer something only you offer us. And we need you. And when you show up, it enriches us. There is mutual blessing for all of us. So families within the family. And like Christian said, children live in a family. And so as children of God, we live in his church.
So here, we um, are, these are our compassion children. I don't even know if you've seen their faces. I get, we get their mail, and I have them posted upstairs. But um, these two boys are from Haiti. This is Andre and Givens, and here is Joyce and Bukineza, and they are in Rwanda, and we will pray for them today. And these are just some of all the many um, things we give ourselves to. to. So here's how we, how we say it in um, Kids of the Cross, that take a seat by the window. So when we gather, we are gathered for the benefit of others. We gather to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing. And um, Joel got to, to give a giant load of coats on your behalf this week. And um, there are many others we support. These are just some of them. I, and I think Brooknez has almost graduated from the program. We've served her many years. Um, so it is... Um, oh, I wanted to say... In Godly Play, we have this phrase, um, if we have something, we have something to share. And church, I see you doing this. And to live a life as a child of God is a generous calling. And so, last shepherd. <laughs> I didn't tell Pete. So this is one of my favorite pictures, um, and it, it what I hold the the value we say it all God's children, and um, this picture is um, for me it is an arrival. <laughs> it is many years, many Sundays of of making a way for um, so our shepherd Pete feeding our sheep Ian here um, in our midst, and um, Ian had his challenges about being here. He was nonverbal, and um, it took a team of people to guide him. But what I want you to see in this is he could receive. He was willing to say yes. His spirit said yes to the Lord. And I love that phrase um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, where it says, um, no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. And so we can see the evidence and the movement of the Spirit in our body with those that can verbalize it and those that can't yet and, and might never. And um, this is great encouragement to me as a pastor of children. And, and it is for all of those who come, who receive in their ways, um, who incline their spirits to the Lord and... Um, and so to be a child of God is to extend that table ever longer and to open your arms ever wider. So um, this is a piece of it. Again, Christian said we could spend all day wondering it is to be a child of God and a whole lifetime. So I invite you to do that work as we go along. Let me pray. You are a good father. We bless you and we praise you and we delight, Father, that we can be called children of God. For such we are. The work of Christ was enough. We can claim your love and rest in your care and delight in our dependency. We praise you and we bless you. Amen.